0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, Harbor at Home. Uh, My name is Spencer Lawrence. It's my privilege and honor to be able to bring uh, the message this morning. And um, I just look forward to um, hearing about the conversations that happen from what I believe God wants to speak to us as a church, personally, um, as a community, um, and even just in in our lives and and for our families and our future. And um, I was reminded as I uh, thought about Harbor at Home and as as I prepared um, for this message that in Proverbs 4, it says that every single one of our hearts is a wellspring of life. And so at Harbor at Home, um, when we pour out what God has put um, inside of each one of us, when we share what's happening, what God is doing, what he's teaching us, um, the result can only be more shared life. Um, a lot of times, sometimes we go in to uh, a group and we go, you know, if I share, if I pour out, if I, if I love on someone else, I, I, maybe I'll just be a little more empty than when I leave. A lot of times um, the kingdom works so differently where when we give, when we pour out, um, we're actually filled back up. And not only that, but others pour into us. And so we leave more full. I love that's how God works. And I love that that's how um, the Holy Spirit works. And so I just encourage you um, after this message just to uh, take some, some time to uh, talk, even to pray, invite Holy Spirit in um, to lead the conversation. Um, and I promise that you're going to leave more filled. Um, and so as, as I speak this morning, um, I want to share a lesson and even something that God's been teaching me personally. Um, it's actually more than a lesson. I believe God's been like leading me in a lifestyle. And as I share, I want to encourage you, um, if you have your phone, if you have um, paper, pen or pencil, would you please write down what God is speaking to you? Um, not even because I want you to remember what I said. I just actually believe when God speaks, there's so much purpose and there's so much... Um, power on what He does say to us, that when we take it, receive it, and use it, that um, we actually live differently, um, and that He has the answer to our needs. Um, we only need to just be um, open, receptive, and um, to take what He's given and use it. And so please write down anything the Holy Spirit's saying to you this morning um, as I share. So like I said, I, I want to share from what I believe the Lord has been really leading me in, in, in a lifestyle um, and teaching me personally over the course of months, and by no means is this complete. Now, this is a little bit of a different message, um, but it's one that I believe that is timely for us. Um, it's been challenging and even convicting um, for me. It's been a convicting way of living, um, but it, it's not one that's complicated. It isn't, it isn't tiring. It hasn't felt hopeless, heavy, or shameful. And in fact, it's actually become enjoyable, freeing empowering and um just uh yeah just a beautiful way of living but isn't that just like god to take a mission like the the series that we're in right now impacting the world to take that goal or that mission and make it simple make it personal make it um so that even like a child can do it with jesus because he wants to do it with us and so like i said the the sermon series that we're in is impacting my world And when we talk about impacting the world, a lot of times as the church, um, impacting the world means that we actually live out certain attributes of our spiritual identity and who God made us to be. So that that means that we're powerful, like as, as God's sons and daughters, we are powerful. Amen. We are light and salt. We are impactful. We're loving. We're missional. All of these are true and biblical. So in this moment, take a minute to remind yourself what is that spiritual identity that that you just heard God speak over you and just remind yourself of that again this morning. That's true in Jesus. Yes and amen. But this morning, I've I've actually uh, felt a prompting of the Lord uh, to share for me and and for you and and for the church at this time on the earth that that there has to be a significant shift from the who we are to the how we live. And I know there's so many of you living um, just so, so humble and, and obedient and faithful to God. But there's always something, I believe God, when, when we ask him to speak, there is insight. He does correct. Um, there's a reason the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our counselor and our guide. And so when we ask him um, to come in and speak, a lot of times he actually gives correction and it's beautiful because it's in this navigation of life we need his direction and his correction. And so um, I believe that as a church, we are moving from not just to who we are, but how we live so that the world can see the real love and the real work of God. And so for a while now, God's been teaching me so much about my heart and about my internal life through the simple act of taking care of my yard and my grass at my house. And he's been teaching me that how when I care for that space, when I care about my yard, when I care about my internal space, it actually has a great lasting impact on the world around me. So before I talk about caring about that internal space, I just want to start for a minute and say the internal space we all have, our hearts, that space that God made um, on the inside of one of us was created and meant to be a safe space, an area that is able to be full of joy Peace and beauty and a life and an area for life and fruitfulness and um, I know when I say that that your internal space inside of your heart was meant first of all, the Lord told me to, to say this was meant to be a safe place, it was meant to be full of joy, peace, and beauty. and when I say those, probably two thoughts pop into your head like mine: one, yes, obviously, amen, that is what God said, but also two, when we look at the world and when we look at our lives. A lot of times if you ask somebody just out in the world, is your mind, is your heart, is is your internal space, your internal world, is that a safe place for you? Is it a place of peace and joy? I, I would imagine that a lot of times the answer is no. And so it's important as we begin this conversation of, of like tending to the hearts, tending to this space, this yard, if you will, of, of our lives, that um, we understand that God meant it to be a place that is flourishing and full of life. In John 10, 10, Jesus says specifically, we've all heard it, I came to give life to the fullest. And I actually believe that that is one of our highest purposes in life, is literally to just be a host for the life of God to, to thrive and bloom. I sometimes think we make life so much work. We go, how do, how do, I, how do I live my best Christian life? How do I accomplish my identity or live in the fullness of my identity. And God God said, I've actually made it a lot more simple. It's actually meant to grow. But there's a part we play in the tending of that growth. And so I believe that at this time in our chaotic world where everyone is clamoring to secure their own future in the face of the unknown and deal with the planet's problems in their own way, that Jesus is inviting us into his kingdom work, that we would truly know how to live on earth as it is in heaven and to know how he lives even inside of us, because didn't we pray that as kids. Oh, Lord, would you um, be at home in my heart? Would you come have my heart and, and be, be in here? That's what I prayed when I prayed the salvation prayer. And he wants to do it. He wants to be at home in our hearts and make our hearts a beautiful place. So we're talking about this in, internal space. And like I said, God has been teaching me so much about this internal space through my yard um, and at my house. And so when you think of a yard at a house, everybody wants the perfect yard. This is an intentional metaphor um, for life. Everybody wants the perfect life. Perfectly green, perfectly lush, perfect looking. You can walk barefoot on it comfortably. The dogs and the kids can run and play. Um, You know when you see an impressive lawn, (laughs) when you see an impressive yard, it says, come and join me. And this is uh, a backyard that uh, you can have cookouts and have gatherings and and, and spend time with people. And I wanna show a picture. This picture is actually uh, my backyard. And uh, I'm actually so proud of it. It's far from perfect, but I'm so proud. And I'm proud not because of how good it looks, but because of its transformation. And to get our yard to this point took a year of weekend work. And we saved tens of thousands of dollars in labor because before this, every single inch, I promise you every single inch of this yard in patio space was covered in gravel, Thousands of old brick pavers, overgrown trees, and a concrete fish pond the, uh, the size of a small swimming pool. that The previous owners decided to build this uh, fish pond um, after they had probably a dozen too many drinks. And so it was such a long, hard process to get our yard to a place where we could just lay the sod down. Thankfully, I have an amazing wife, and we had friends who put in sweat equity. Um, my wife kept this party songs playing even when it didn't feel like a party. And I had a sweet dog, you'll see this picture, you know, this is the the before, Um, a sweet dog with relentless joy who tried to help every step of the way. And that back corner there is uh, where the fish pond was. It was a nightmare that I will tell my grandchildren about. Especially it was four feet of black sludge and mud that I had to figure out how to get out, but I digress. (laughs) But the transformation is the best, isn't it? It's beautiful. Finally, the end result, the before and after pictures, the, trans, uh, the Instagram post, the magazine cover, the perfect setting for a cookout, like I said, the story, the testimony, the hard part is over and now only bliss. But what God has been showing me lately is that we as humans and Christians specifically often view transformation in dare I say salvation in this context of transformation. We read in Romans 6 and Ephesians 2 of being brought from death to life. we we view it actually as the end of something. The end of the old me, my past is gone, my brokenness is made whole. I'm a new creation now, so let's write the song, let's play it on the radio um, so everyone can hear it. And because everybody loves that story, and it's true, and I thank Jesus that it's true. It's actually the only reason that we can live as lights in a dark world is because we have the gospel alive inside of us, and I just heard all of you say amen. It's alive inside of us. But this new kind of life takes a different kind of work, empowered by God's love and grace. And I'm not talking about all the wonderful things we get to do as Jesus hands his feet, impacting the world and our acts of service and going out. That's that's wonderful and powerful. I'm talking about an ongoing, internal, deeply personal work in each person's soul. I know this isn't something new that that I'm sharing that God actually doesn't want to just do work through us. He also actually do work in us. And I, I know that's not new, but I actually believe it's very necessary. And so uh, kind of the theme of this message, um, most of you seasoned homeowners will probably laugh in understanding. You're going to laugh at me my, and my naivety when I say I was actually really shocked when weeds started sprouting up through um, my brand new sod. It was just mind blowing. How could this possibly happen? Uh, The yard is transformed. I put down new sod. I tilled the ground twice and I put weed killer down before I put the sod down. So how could this happen so soon after something so beautiful? And so the new yard work can be done in our life. The transformation can happen. A new life in Christ through the salvation process. Yes, we are co-heirs with Christ. In this transformation process, we are co heirs with Christ. We are no longer under condemnation, but there are still weeds. There are still things that crop up in our hearts that aren't godly, good, or fruitful. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in fact, are just difficult and ugly and oftentimes very stubborn. In the simplest botanist terms, weeds are by definition plants whose undesirable qualities outweigh their value or benefit. So, for the sake of simplicity and avoiding splitting hairs over what is and isn't a sin, because this message really isn't about dealing with a long list of sin, I want to define a spiritual weed in our life as anything that God wouldn't sow or he doesn't sow in our lives, and in fact prevents what he has sown from growing. So in Matthew 13, we uh, read this parable about a a farmer who sows seeds on on various different soil, and you'll see the the verse pop up here. And um, uh, you can read this together um, in in the group, but I I do want to just focus on one element of this parable for the sake of time, that this farmer goes out, sows his seeds on a variety of soil, but the one that we read about with the weeds and the thorns, (coughs) here's what's profound is... This farmer put good seed on good soil, but those seeds were still choked out and were unable to be fruitful. Isn't that wild? That even though truth and the seed of God's kingdom can grow in our hearts, if weeds aren't dealt with, they can in fact still choke out the life that God has for us. So in the natural, we have a solution. You can hire somebody to treat your lawn, make it perfect, and just take care of the weeds for you. You don't have to break a sweat. You don't have to get your hands dirty. But that's not a possibility for our souls and for our spiritual life. And sadly, in our Western culture, we have this hire it, hire somebody to come fix it mentality, and that's actually coming to the church. And so we, we sometimes even um, go to church or, or often, oftentimes the church is full because the, the very reason people are there is they want a message that's inspirational, hopeful, encouraging, Maybe, maybe convicting, but above all, we as Christians a lot of times we want answers and we want for someone else, if we're honest, to do the work for us. But there is no substitute, and I won't even say this: God Himself won't even pull the weeds in our hearts and in our lives for us. That's the job that He wants to do with us. So, most people don't want to do the consistent maintenance work the ongoing heartwork work of allowing the Holy Spirit and God's Word to reveal that which doesn't belong and that which is unhealthy and pulling it out. They don't even wanna go there. And why? Well, one, because it's hard. Also, because it's painful. But if we're really honest, um, we actually believe sometimes that God actually loves us when we are free from sin and when we've dealt with our dysfunction ourselves rather than understanding that his love and grace actually makes it possible to live free and to see those weeds uprooted. <clears throat> so at this point, it, there just isn't time to get into the dimensions and theology of sanctification, of sin, about God's work in us. And and I'll, there's definitely not time to talk about all of the insane, just, fascinating biology of weeds. If you're interested as much as I am, if you're somebody who likes to just learn a lot, go for it. Uh, Dive into this with me. But I believe that God actually wants to reframe and change our mindset about the idea of pulling weeds in our hearts and in our lives that it's actually something beautiful. Why? Because wherever a weed is removed, that is now fertile soil where seed can grow, a place where the grip of the enemy no longer has power, and that life is possible again. And what God has planted and is growing in us will not and cannot be choked out when, when our, our uh, weeds are dealt with. And so I want, I want to end with just a few thoughts as, uh, as we uh, talk about weeds and as we talk about like, how God wants to do internal heart work to, to see us set free, to see our lives put, on dis- to put lives put on display, to actually see an awakening in our lives, awakening as we flourish in life and the world sees that life. And so here's, here's a, free, uh, a few things that uh, God has been even speaking to me, I promise you, as I pull weeds in my front yard. And so write these down as, as, as God might, might speak these to you, that uh, what began as a fr- frustrating daily chore has truly become sacred time with God. And he's been teaching me so much from this natural practice about the spiritual principles of pulling weeds. And so often we look for God in the good and in the fun, but... More often, he is nearer and his voice is clearer when we realize he's in the hard, in the messy, and actually in the frustrating things. So here's a few things God's been speaking to me. Where there is space, something will always grow. It's just a matter of what is growing. Isn't that interesting? If you, if you had a plot of land, left it alone for a year, came back a year later, um, there would be something growing there. Just a matter of what what's growing, and a lot of times uh, the area that's not tended to, whatever grows easily, whatever grows easiest, grows fastest. We can look uh, around the world right now, um, hearts that aren't tended for just stuff that's growing there. I don't think people want what's there for the most part. They would actually choose something different. But it's one, it's not tended to, and uh, it's because there's a kingdom principle where there's space, something will always grow. Number two, there is no spiritual weed killer chemical. Yes, Jesus dealt with the consequences of sin completely, but we have to personally deal with what's growing in our lives. There's no amount of physical comfort, drugs, alcohol, etc., and there's not any spiritual substitute either. Conferences, teaching, even worship sets, and I'm gonna get close even to myself and other people, that there's no even leadership role that deals with your weeds. Not, like, there's nothing we can do or try to occupy or accomplish that actually deals with the work that God wants to do in our hearts. We have to actually be willing to do it. Number three, we need to go slow. Be intentional and see every weed completely removed. Otherwise, the root of the weed remains and it will only continue to grow back. I know so many of you know this. In the natural, you pull the weed, it comes right back because the root wasn't fully pulled out. That's why God is very intentional about his work in our life and a lot of times slow get this one. This one is pretty awesome and powerful. Weeds pull easier after rain and from soft soil. We can say a big yes to God and, 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 and we can say yes to his work in our lives. God, pull out all the things that don't belong and need to be removed. But if the condition of our hearts is hard, dry, bitter, whatever it may be, it will be a much harder and painful process. Um, Number five, long-term results require daily consistency. A beautiful internal life is more than possible. It's actually God's design for us. I know I said that at the beginning. However, it doesn't just mean reading the Bible, praying and worshiping. It requires us to come before God like David did and invite him close as David prayed in Psalms 139. God, search me, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts and see if there's anything offensive in me so that you can lead me in the way everlasting. That's beautiful. Number six, get this surface growth. Surface growth doesn't determine root growth. There's so many analogies when it comes to weeds, but these are some highlights that I felt God wanted me to share that sometimes we look at weed growth on the surface. Hey, it's not a big deal on the surface. It doesn't mean that it hasn't gone deep. Here's a picture. This picture that I'm showing you right now is, uh, Uh, There's two pictures I want to show you first and then the second The first one is is a weed that I pulled up when I kind of first started discovering how rampant weeds were in my yard And then the second is is another weed that I pulled the top of both of these weeds They're very close in size. So from the from a surface view I would have thought oh, you know one isn't gone both of these have not gone very deep but you can actually uh, Visibly see that just because on the surface it doesn't look like a big deal how, how deep how much deeper that one root had gotten and so it's important to deal with things quickly and allow God to show us what, what he wants to uproot and not, not like let it stay because the, the, the longer it stays, the, the deeper the root grows. Um, a small patch doesn't stay small, even if it's hidden. Um, a, a lot of times when, when weeds are hidden, they can grow unseen. And so um, I just believe that's one of the reasons why God wants to deal with it so it doesn't become bigger than we th- even thought possible. Um, uh, some weeds actually have flowers and are beautiful. And even if it doesn't look bad on the outside, it also doesn't mean that it's bringing God's life to the space of our hearts. So, so even there's things that, I mean, the world would call beautiful, but it's actually not something that's bringing life and is actually choking out the things that God wants to sow and grow in our lives. It's, it's really fascinating and beautiful. And lastly, we need his help. Otherwise, it can feel overwhelming. The nature of weeds is that there are seeds that we didn't even know were there. And we didn't even know how they got there. This happens in our yards and it happens in our hearts. But it's not really important how it got there or or what circumstance, you know, caused this to grow. Um, It's important that we understand that God isn't overwhelmed and he lovingly deals with one weed at a time. He isn't in a hurry. And he actually loves the time spent with us in the process. Because he shows us the beauty of our hearts again and again and again instead of the weeds' ugliness. And he throws that away, the Bible says, separates it from us entirely and it no longer has a place in our life. So how does this impact the world, allowing God to do heart work, deep work in our lives, in our hearts? Um, it's, it's interesting, as I was pulling weeds, um, a, a little story happened uh, with a neighbor and a neighbor across the street from me, um, the the two of them that live in the house are just are really broken people, uh, drug addicted, and just just really sad from the outside. It's just you can see every part of their life seems to be falling apart. But just the Lord has just given me a you know compassion for them, and you know as much as they're sweet people, just very 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 broken. And um, <clears throat> one day I was out pulling weeds, doing landscaping in my yard, and he came over. My neighbor came over and said man, how do you do this? How, how do you make your yard look so beautiful? Like, tell me what your process is. Tell me how much time you spend on your yard. Tell me, tell me what you did. And I just got to share, like, simple, simple intentionality um, that I, I, made, I made it a priority, that, um, that this was something that I wasn't, wasn't going to get overwhelmed by, but I was actually going to take joy in and just kind of explained some of the things I'd learned al- along the way. And as I shared with him Um, my process of working on my yard and pulling weeds and whatnot, I I felt God speak to me and say, this is actually how the church is meant to demonstrate my work in in their lives. That yes, we can preach a powerful message, message. Yes, we can Um, pray for the sick, and and I want to see the sick healed, and I want to see people set free and delivered. I really do. This is all that Jesus paid for. This is all Jesus, what he came to do. But I actually believe that um, the church and God's people were meant to be a sign and a wonder to the world, that the world would say, how do you do that? How do you deal with the things that I can't seem to get rid of, I can't seem to deal with, the things that keep growing are taking over and choking out um, the things that I want to grow in my life, the beauty, the joy, um, even, even the things that I, I know, that I know who I am, even things that God has said in people's lives, they wanna they know how to deal with the weeds. And so it's not possible uh, to show them unless we have allowed God to work in our lives, and our hearts. And so we will be a living testimony to the world as we let God work in our hearts. And not only that, we're going to have faith to see God bring awakening in the world and actually see an impact in the world because we know what he's done in us. And so um, I just want to invite you as you talk in your, in your groups right now, um, just to, to go deep, to, to open up, to allow Holy Spirit in and to just really believe Jesus that he is who he was in the disciples' lives and in the people's lives he encountered in the New Testament, people that were broken, people that didn't believe that they were even worthy you know, to, to be loved or, or to have him uh, be in their lives. But he showed them that what, what he could do, and um, we get to do the same as, as we get to show people what he's done in our lives. And so I just want to bless you. I know that's a lot, but um, I, I, like I said, this is, this is more than a, than a lesson. It's become a lifestyle to me. To just when I see a weed, to pull it, because as I as I do it, like and and I'm I'm practicing this in my yard, and I'm practicing this in my life. As something pops up that I just know can can grow, can can spread, and I just am like, this is uh, sorry, this is um um not convenient. This is not something I want to do right now. But when I know. Um, the the value of my heart, how much God loves me, and when I know what He wants to grow in me, that I want to deal with things quickly so that more of what God has for me can grow. So I want to bless you, um, have a great conversation, and you'll see the, the conversation questions below. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard.